crossing into campground. It was lovely. Thank you so much. Good morning, friends, and welcome to our 11 o'clock service on this, the first Sunday of the year, the first Sunday after Epiphany, which was yesterday, the baptism of our Lord. It's great to be worshiping together today. Welcome to those of you in the room, many more we know joining us online. Some of you are visiting with us. I met some of you before the service, some of maybe didn't. We are honored that you have come here. And we hope that you'll come back. We hope that you'll leave us some contact information so we can begin the process of getting acquainted with each other, see if there are ways that we can support you. Uh, that would be a great thing. Uh, my name is James Howell, and I'm up front this morning with my friend and colleague, Reverend Taylor Pride Barefoot. Good morning. I'm so happy to see you all in worship in this new year, a new time for us to encounter God. Uh, we want to invite you to look at our bulletin and all the new things that are happening at this, as we start this year together as a church so that you can make God and the church a part of this upcoming year. Uh, let us continue on in worship together.
Church, let us continue to raise our voices together as we affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed, which is found in our hymnal on page 881. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. So friends, how fitting and lovely on this day when we mark the baptism of our Lord that we celebrate the sacrament of holy baptism. Anna and Travis and Ajo bring their daughter, Virginia Louise, for the sacrament today. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. So friends, on behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to renounce evil and repent of your sin? If so, say we do. Do you confess Christ as your Savior, put your trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord? If so, say, we do. We do. And will you nurture this child in Christ's holy church, that by your teaching and example, she may be guided to accept God's grace for herself, profess her faith openly, and lead a Christian life? If so, say, we will. And will you, the members of Myers Park United Methodist Church, include this family now before you in your care? Will you proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ? Will you surround this family with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their service to others? And will you pray for them that they may be true disciples who walk in a way that leads to life? If so, say, we will. Friends, let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. When you saw your people as captives in Egypt, you delivered them through the sea, their children you brought into the promised land through the Jordan. In the fullness of time, you sent your son Jesus. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. And he calls on his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection. Pour out your Holy Spirit now to bless this gift of water in her who receives it to wash away her sin and clothe her in righteousness throughout her life, that dying and being raised with Christ, she may share in your final victory. All praise to eternal Father through your Son, Jesus Christ, who with you in the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Virginia Louise, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Therefore, let your light so shine before others that they may glorify your Father who is in heaven. 
Child of God, as you grow in age, may you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We rejoice to welcome you to the family of God. Church, our baptisms remind us of our belovedness, even within our brokenness. So let us confess our sins in the safety of our own community by following along in our bulletin. Gracious God, our sins are too heavy to carry, too real to hide, too hidden even to realize, and too deep to undo. Forgive what we hesitate to name, what our hearts can no longer bear. Set us free from a past that we cannot change. Open us to a future in which we can be changed. And grant us grace to grow into your likeness. Amen. Church, hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. remain standing for the reading of the gospel. The gospel reading is Mark chapter 1 beginning with the fourth verse. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And there went out to him all the country of Judea and all the people of Jerusalem and they were all baptized by him in the river Jordan confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and had a leather girdle around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the thong of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens opened and the spirit descending upon him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son. 
With you, I am well pleased. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Last Sunday, I uh, did for me a strange thing uh, that I've not done much in my adult life. I sat out where you guys are. I was like a plain clothes worshiper. It was great. I apologize to the people around me because I haven't done it much. So I said I might, might get it wrong. I'm not used to not being up front. I heard a great sermon that Taylor preached. She um, began by noticing you know, how busy it was around the time of Jesus. They made a trip, and the shepherds came, and the wise men came, and they made a trip to Jerusalem. They talked to Simeon, and they talked to Anna, and all the stuff was going on. And she reflected on that really uh, wisely. Uh, during the service, I, I did an inappropriate thing. I laughed out loud when I wasn't supposed to, um, not the first time. We were singing We Three Kings, and we got to the last stanza, you know, which has that great line, sorrowing, sighing, bleeding, dying. And I remember Owen Meany, a prayer for Owen Meany, John Irving's novel, and uh, Owen leans over to John as they sing sorrowing, sighing, bleeding, dying, and he said, that doesn't sound very Christmassy to me. <laughs> and I laughed out loud in church, sorry. Put me up front, I'll do better. Uh, we have the story of Jesus' birth, and it pretty much fast-forwards to his baptism. There's one little vignette from when he was a child. Parents lose him in the temple. That's a tough moment. And Jesus appears, and he comes to the Jordan River. If you travel with me uh, to Israel, we go to a place along the Jordan called Qasr el Yahud, and people are always a little disappointed when they get to the Jordan River. They're thinking the Mississippi or the Catawba or some normal kind of American river, but the Jordan River... It, people are shocked. It's like barely a creek. It's narrow. It's shallow. I, I like that about the Jordan River, by the way. It, it's uh, sort of inviting. It's not intimidating. Somebody could drown in the Mississippi, but the Jordan, I mean, a child couldn't get hurt in there. Like, anybody can come. It's a humble river. I love that. At that place, Qasr el Yehud, uh, there are all these little monasteries that dot the desert around there. There's a Coptic one and a Franciscan one and an Ethiopic one. It's cool. One year we were there, and uh, I noticed on the other side of the river, not far, just kind of like here to the uh, baptism family, there's a large group. I learned later they were a Korean church that had come. And they started singing. I couldn't understand the Korean, but I knew what they were singing from the tune. They were singing, How Great Thou Art. It was really moving. And when they finished, I got my people organized, and we sang that back to them in English. It was really a lovely, moving moment. And the idea of God's greatness, I mean, you have to admit, we live in a world where we need a God who is great because there's so much trouble. There's so much difficulty. We can't have you know, a half-hearted God that that's, that's, can't do much. We need, we need a God that is great. When Jesus waded into that river, he was taking the sins of the whole world on his shoulders. He was taking the troubles of you and me and everybody else who's ever lived and all the troubles in the world. He was taking all of that on himself. Jesus bears what wounds us? Jesus grieves over us. He bears in his body the hope of reconciliation. You see, the way the story ends is there's some cruel men who mistreat Jesus, I mean, terribly, physically, and he does not retaliate. He does not fight back. Instead, he, shocking, he loves them. He forgives them. This kind of thing that we must need in our world today. I did a program on Wednesday on Gaza, kind of Gaza in the Bible, Gaza and God. How do we make sense of all of this? In one of the sessions, I said the kind of thing that's needed on a small scale is what happened in 2006 in Nickel Mines, Pennsylvania. If you remember the story, a man named Charles Roberts opened fire on some Amish children killed quite a number of them. The parents of those Amish children, then Roberts turned the gun on himself. The parents of those Amish children went to the parents of Charles Roberts, and instead of screaming and yelling at him, they said, we, we forgive your son. And they took up some money to help the family with his funeral expenses. Shocking. 
At the end of my second session, somebody told me something I should have said in my session is that what happened in South Africa, you know, for years of apartheid, tension, violence there, they finally, Mandela became president, and they, they didn't just say, okay, let's just kiss and make up and everything's okay. They had the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, and people had to come together and tell their stories of how they had been hurt, how they had hurt. They had to ask for forgiveness. So powerful. There can always be hope. And we have to think about our part in that. Uh, our Christmas concert this year is fabulous, as always, but with all due respect for the grown-up singers, my favorite point in the concert was when our children sang. They sang, let there be peace on earth. And if you were there, you may remember their voices really were raised and got loud when they said, and let it begin with me. Let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. And I thought, I hope they mean it. I hope all of us mean it. Let there be peace. Let it begin with me. Let us trust in the God who truly is mighty. Now, on a lighter note, I was uh, reflecting on this text over the past couple of weeks, and during that time I've been listening to an audiobook when I'm in the car, out for a walk. I've got a guy named John Feinstein. Uh, John's a Duke graduate. He's a great sports writer, and he wrote a book about the long rivalry between three coaches in the triangle, Dean Smith, Mike Krzyzewski, and Jim Valvano. It is great to listen uh, to this thing. And he told a story I hadn't heard before, is that uh, Valvano used to say that when he first came to NC State, he lost to uh, the Tar Heels, I don't know, four or five times. And uh, one of the boosters came to him and said, uh, you're from New York, I know you don't know this part of the country in our ways, but down here, you must beat North Carolina. And Valvano said, I understand your ways. I'll beat him next time. The guy said, no, around, you have to beat North Carolina. And if you don't, I'm going to kill your dog. <laughs> Valvano said, I don't have a dog. The next morning, Valvano goes out to get the paper. There's a basket on his front step with a very cute little puppy inside. <laughs> and there's a note around the puppy's neck that says, don't get too attached to me. The better story <laughs> is that in 1958, way ahead of the game, Dean Smith integrated a restaurant in Chapel Hill. He wasn't Dean Smith then, right? He was just an assistant coach. Nobody had ever heard of him. But he went with a member of his church who was an African-American. This is in 1958, friends. I mean, this is amazing. Talk about courage. Talk about goodness. And they went to a restaurant that then was highly esteemed called The Pines, and he integrated the restaurant. Feinstein heard about this, and so he interviewed Smith and said, wow, I heard that you integrated this restaurant back in 1958. And Dean Smith said, who told you this? And uh, Feinstein said, well, Bob Seymour, he was your pastor. And Dean Smith said, he shouldn't have told you this. And Feinstein said, why? You did something amazing. You should be very proud to have done such a thing. And Dean Smith said, you shouldn't be proud if you just do the right thing. You shouldn't be proud if you just do the right thing. Jesus wades into the Jordan, and John baptizes him, and his father's voice from heaven says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I don't think he's, I don't think he's quite saying, like, he did a good thing and I am proud of him. I, I, don't, I don't think that's it. Although with your children in the water, that is the thing. I remember when my children were learning how to swim, and they finally got where they could kind of handle it on their own without me being in the water. They, every one of them, they come to the point where they could jump into the water. And when they jumped into the water, what I discovered was that when their head bobbed up out of the water, I had best be paying attention. Because they weren't just like, I'm enjoying the water now. Every time their head came up, they'd look for, where's dad? Where's dad? There's dad. And I had to be on like, hey, way to go. And that would just make them smile so much with Jesus. I don't think it's God saying, hey, way to go. I think it's, how should we say, a, a Valvano puppy. I, I don't get too attached. Jesus and God his father were so very attached they were so deeply attached. Jesus could say, the Father and I are one. Jesus could say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. They were that intimate. With you and me, there's always some distance between you and God, right? No matter how much you pray, read your Bible, do whatever you do, there's always some distance you wish you could 
bridge, there's always some distance even between you and the people that you love, right? There's always something you don't quite get or understand that you have to work on. But with Jesus and God his Father, there, were, there was no distance. They were, they were just one. And because they could be one, then we too are invited into that intimacy. How do we put it? Uh, because we can be so attached to God the Father, then we need not be so very attached to the things of this world. Do you see what I did there? Because we can be so attached to God, we need not be attached to the things of this world. We can travel light. We can admire things. We don't have to accumulate things. We can travel light. I've told some of you this story before. I always think about it uh, on this Sunday. When I was in Davidson, a man I did not know came to my office one day. He was 45 years old. And he came to my office and he said, I've, I've, I've never been to church. I've never believed in God. But I just, I just came directly from my doctor's office. And I, I have pancreatic cancer. And they're not giving me long to live. He said, so could you introduce me to God? Could you get me connected to God in the time that I have left? And I said, it'd be an honor to work with you on that. So we began to meet and read the Bible and pray together and, and so on. And finally got to where he couldn't get out of his house any longer. And he called me one day and said, uh, I, I, I'm ready to be baptized. So I said, great, I'll, I'll be over in a little bit. So I took some uh, Jordan River water that I'd fished out when I was over there one time with me. And Got to his house, we talked a little bit, his family gathered around, and then uh, I took that water and I prayed over it, and, and it was amazing what happened. I still have no explanation for it. I took that water and I sort of splashed it on his forehead, and just as, just as the water touched him, it was, it was it's almost as if an electrical current went through him. I mean, he shook, and then, and then he just began sobbing. And, and then he began, I, I think it was laughing, and finally, he got himself organized, and he looked at me and said, with a smile, he said, I feel lighter. I feel lighter. I feel lighter. Parenthetically, uh, he died a few days after that, and his 14-year-old uh, daughter asked me if she could speak at his service. I wasn't sure that was a good idea. But she wanted to, and she said, will you stand with me in the pulpit? And I said, of course. Uh, she stood up. She wasn't there long. She stood up and simply said, um, my daddy was the best daddy in the world. And sat down. So beautiful. He felt lighter. I think that's uh, what uh, baptism, what God's grace, it, it makes us lighter. We can be leaner. We can be fitter spiritually. We're not as weighed down by things. I think about, I do this every year, you probably do too, New Year's resolutions. Seems like a good time to be determined to do better. And sometimes that really can be helpful in life. And sometimes, I don't know, I've had years where I make New Year's resolutions. You get me to about January the 8th, like uh, that was history. What happened? I don't know. Kind of my old self ground me down, <laughs> right? And sometimes that's so, so it's, it's almost as if we're, we're carrying a lot of weight already. And then we say, I'm going to do these other things, and that's even more weight. And what, what God wants to do is for us to be lighter, right? God wants to take those weighty burdens off us so that we can actually be free to be the joyful, creative, lovely people that God made us to be. God gives us the power to be about the goodness that we can't do just by gritting our teeth. God comes through us and in us, and it's such a lovely thing when it happens, and, and it's so important, friends, because we, we've got, we need to be nimble. You've got to be light to be nimble. We've got some work to do. Let there be peace on earth. Let it begin with me. Uh, everything I know about is about having a mission to try to save the world. My favorite book on marriage by Walter Wangeren, he says a lot of couples struggle because they don't have a shared mission. He says a marriage can really benefit from the two of us together are going to do this to try to change the world. The, together we're going to do this to work on things. If you go to AA, AA isn't just about I'm going to get over my addiction. It's you've got to help other people. You've got to be about helping other people. We do this thing uh, the first Sunday of every year, and um, I kind of know that some of you probably haven't been to church in a long time, and you made a New Year's resolution, I'm going to come to church. Then you come to church, we do this weird thing. 
But let me talk about the weird thing. Uh, I've baptized thousands of people, literally, in my career. Uh, I've baptized people in their 90s, uh, and I've baptized a lot of infants, like Virginia Louise. It's the same whether you're in your 90s or whether you're an infant. The story is that we're all just totally dependent on the grace of God. Before we think about God, before we believe in God, God's got us, God's loving us, God's working in us, God's doing things in our minds, and our heart. Even if we don't believe in God, God, God believes in us. <laughs> to God, you are beloved. You, you just you can't escape that. And so when we baptize, we say, it's, it's unconditional grace. That's what God's all about. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. You may not even understand it. So we do this thing every year where... We renew our baptism. I invite you to, to come forward and, and just you come in two lines. And you just touch your hand in the water. And people do different things. You do what you want to do. People do different things. Some touch their forehead and some their mouth and some their head. I've seen a bunch of people today, they've like touched their heart with the water. And I've seen all kinds of people come. I've seen people come and talk to me later that in that moment they thought, to be so grateful for whoever brought them for baptism, right? Like you hope Virginia Louise will grow up one day and be so grateful that my parents took me to an altar. Somebody took you to an altar, and at that moment they had dreams for you. Their dreams weren't that you'd be rich and cool and good-looking. Their dreams in that moment is that, that you would be God's person, <laughs> that you'd be part of let there be peace on Earth. I see people coming. There are really devout, involved people, and I, I see them. They're wanting to make a commitment to dig in deeper. I see people coming. They've got that, a um, few people have a little bit of that. I call it it's like the Christmas Eve look, right? Like Christmas Eve, we've always got people like they are dragged here. They are told to have dinner, you got to come to church. Oh, they come. But then, but then I've seen people, though, even in that, they come and they're, they're hungry for something. They know there's something missing in their lives, and they hope maybe there's some power in this. There's some healing in this. One guy years ago came. He'd not been, he told me he'd not been in church since he was a kid, and he was well into adulthood. On a lark, he came, and that was the Sunday, and he thought, oh, they're doing, that's a weird thing they're doing. But he came up, and he said, I don't know what happened. He said, but I, I'm with God now. I'm with God now. So in a minute, we've already blessed the water. We'll invite you to uh, come forward, and I hope that this is a holy moment for you. Brothers and sisters, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth by water and the Spirit. All of this is God's gift offered to us without price. Through the reaffirmation of our faith, we renew the covenant made at our baptism. We acknowledge what God is doing for us and affirm our commitment to Christ's holy church. So, friends, I would invite you to uh, come prayerfully, hopefully. I always read, I always think of this moment. I'll, I'm rambling too much today, but I'll share this. Martin Sheen, the great actor who's a very devout Roman Catholic, um, heard him in an interview one time saying that he doesn't always understand the mysteries of the church, especially when people stand in lines. He said, but when I see the line, he's, I, I don't understand it, but I think I, I'm with them. <laughs> I'm with them. There's just so much love. It's a mystery. I don't know what it is, but I'm with them. I, I want a blessing. It's just so beautiful. It's so moving. So we'll come in a line and seek God's blessing, God's healing, His power in this water today, if you would come.
mercy and for your presence with us always. We thank you for a new year with new possibilities. As we enter this new season, help us to carry with us wisdom from where we have been so that we can grow in our love of you and our neighbors. Lord, in your mercy. God, you have claimed us as your own. Remind us this day that we are your beloved children. God, may we feel your arms around us, reminding us that all will be well. Remind us again today of the depth of your love, the power of your grace, and your gift of the Holy Spirit that empowers us always. Lord, in your mercy. Our hearts are continually breaking at the tragedies that plague our world. We feel overwhelmed by the violence and brokenness. Help us to not become complacent in our overwhelm, but to turn to you. May your mercy, justice, and peace break forth, and may we be agents to change in our communities. Lord, in your mercy. God of love. Help us to remember our belovedness, that as we renew our baptismal vow, renew our zeal for following you wherever you may lead. Help us to care for those who are sick, grieving, or alone. Empower us to serve and give of our time and resources. Lead us in paths that build a deeper connection with you, O God, so that we may walk with Jesus each of our days. And so together with one voice, we offer this prayer that he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The church family, as we continue this time of worship, we want to celebrate that we had 72 baptisms last year in 2023. That is incredible. It's because the loving body of Christ, such as yourselves, make this place a place of welcome by giving up our time, giving of our tithes and offerings. So now as the ushers come forward, let's continue to give generously.
roots of justice in the world. For the sake of Jesus Christ, who sends us out in love, in whose name we pray. Amen. all this week, people around you will try to define you. They'll say you're a consumer, you're a worker, you're a loser, you're handsome, whatever they say. I hope instead inside you will in your mind and heart hear God's voice saying, you are beloved. You are baptized. And now may the grace of our risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of us, both now and forevermore. Mm -hmm.